0: Morning. morning. Still morning. I, I lose track. We used to start, we had a, had a 9 and 11 service, so every once in a while I'm like, is it still morning? I'm like, yeah, we're pretty much always still morning when I get up now. Um, but man, last week was Church on the Lawn, how exciting was that? I mean, enjoyed that. There is no way we would have fit in this building last, last week. So I think every week we're just going to advertise food trucks, just, just for fun. It's like, hey, we got food trucks. Come to church, hear about Jesus. And let's worship Him. But anyway, it was fun. But thank you all who I know like Josh, he, he couldn't be here last week. They were uh, dropping a kid off at college, and we had a couple folks doing that. Um, but but Josh, can we give Josh a hand? He did so much prepping, lining up church on the lawn, organizing volunteers. Thanks, Josh. I want to tell you how great Josh is. So Josh's love language is talking about how great he is in front of him to others. That's, that's his love language, so your heart's full now, isn't it? Um, if Steve Steve Bowen, can you just wave? I know he doesn't like to be recognized, but he took some crews. He did some pretty amazing things uh, this week. We, he and some team members loved on the schools again, and one of the things they did, I know April dropped off um, baskets, snack baskets and goodies to all of the um, like staff rooms at all the schools, so when they come to school this week they 'll have big layout of snacks and goodies for them, and uh, just to love on them. Also, I know Ryan helped out uh, making signs for some logistic issues the schools had, needing some bus signs of where like bus riders and buses. so anyway we 're just providing needs for the schools of random things they need and maybe don 't have a way to do. So how many are good with just us loving on the schools? revealing the kindness and the goodness of god so thanks steve april ryan and any others that, that may have helped out with that all right now let me get to one last thing uh before all the parents come back in here La- friday night we had a major event a major church event um we we had the upper room softball championship we have two te- softball friday night softball teams with upper room here there's there's two teams and it was it was the the championship of all championships the game of all games. It was the night and the event of all events. It was upper room versus upper room. And let me just say, we get to the inning and there was an inning where one upper room team run-ruled the other upper room team in an inning. And then a couple of innings later, the other team run-ruled them in an inning, held the five runs. But let me just tell you, the end result was upper room one. Good job. It's fun to watch. I loved heck, heckling and, and uh, chanting, go, Brother Josh, go, Brother Josh. And uh, Eli was pitching. I was like, make the teenager pitch. He's in his young 20s. But Eli looks very young. I think he's working today. But anyway, it was fun. So, so good job. What a, what a fun event. Um, I want to recap. I want to kind of bring you, I know there might be some people here from last week, from, from Church on the Lawn, but maybe new people. I've seen some new faces even just the last couple weeks. I want to catch you up to kind of where we've been over the summer. Can I do a summer recap real quick? And I'm just going to go through, it's like Sunday sermon recap, all right? And then we'll recap a little bit about last week, and I'm only doing a part two. Um, I had 10 minutes last week. Try to keep a preacher to 10 minutes is like trying to keep Corey to 90 seconds in an announcement. Okay? It's hard to do. So I got mixed up on time, and I I left a lot on the table, and I got home that day, and I actually took all the notes just to do a part two for this week, um, doing some expository teaching on what I opened up last week, which I don't do much. I'm Sorry, Steve. I don't do a lot of expository preaching, but I'm going to today based on that, that set of scriptures in Matthew 16. But first, let me, let me just recap. And, and I just went back through and kind of the last, all the way through June to now, like what we've been into, and I, be, I believe there's kind of a trend in it. So let me refresh some of your hearts. Let me, let me catch you up if you've not been with us, and we're going to pray for the spirit of impartation for if you've just, this is your first week, you're going to be right where we are, all right? But we started off with um, to gather and go to gather that was the the Pentecost Sunday talking about the first church in Acts gathering and then they went all right there's a purpose to gather and then there's a purpose to glorify and there's a purpose to go then we went into uh, simple and perfect prayers by Josh Josh spoke about just the simple and perfect prayers and I know that even in his life like what the Lord is opening up and doing and that was just such a good message from the heart then my dad spoke uh, on summon to the mountain anybody remember that one all right all right good and then uh, I took Father's Day a good father and we just bragged about how good of a father God really is God's not just a judge right he's a healer he's a deliverer he's a creator he's 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 all these things but he is a good father then we went to Corey Corey followed up that next week with we need you talking about the gifts, the, the, the diversity in the church, but we need each one of you. God needs each one of you. The kingdom needs each one of you. The earth needs each one of you, and this church and this ministry needs each one of you. Then, um, I, I spoke a message called Shark's Teeth, all right, about searching him out, seeking him out. If, if, we, if we, like, taste and see that he's good, and then we want more, right? Um, then, we did provision, process. Anybody remember the third P? Promise. All right. And in this week Nicole is alluding to like trusting God. And I'll be honest, like I feel like I look back today and I was like, that message I preached about the pressing, the process and the promise, I'm always so focused on the promise, I forget when the pressing comes that I gotta trust the process and trust God. We, we've been encountering that a little bit with our kids even lately, like what teacher they get at school or or some sporting things going on, some some kind of like weird little things, but just trusting God. And I, I met with Josh this week, and who just dropped off a daughter to, to campus at a university, and I'm like, if I can't trust God with my daughters in sports, how am I going to trust God going to drop them off at a college or, or or give their hand in marriage to a spouse, you know, these things. And it's like that that pressing and that, that process of trusting. Trusting God for his promise. All right, let me let me keep going. I'm almost done. Then Nehemiah, or Nehemiah, get your house in order. You guys remember that one? That was a little weird one, actually. It was really, really good, and then you get to the end of that story, and he beat them up and pulled out their hair. That, we're not going to do that today. All right, we're not, we're not going to go there, but uh, then Pastor Kendall from St. Lucia, the threefold manifestation. You remember what the threefold is? I'll give you a hint. He does not give us a spirit of fear, but what? Power, love, sound mind, all right, and then um, we did a dad talk, old versus new, three generations a couple weeks ago, all right, so it brings us to last week, all right. So I feel the Lord has been setting this, laying this foundation kind of block by block, brick by brick, you know, layer by layer, and I believe it's this foundation that, that kind of like last week, it was the rock and the altar, all right, and just that brief little mini message on, on that we build an altar on this property before we ever build a building. My dad and my grandpa went out there, and they built this little makeshift altar before they ever built a building because we want a place built on his presence, not his people or programs, So we're getting ready to expand, but I believe the Lord has been doing this thing, setting us up to say it's not about a building. The building's great, but the building is literally simply a tool. The only thing a building is, or even this space is a tool for for really three things that are in our heart for upper room, so even a bigger building is only a tool for those things. And I think sometimes we get in our life and we get even in our walk with the Lord, we start worshiping stuff. You can't take stuff Where? To heaven, There's enough stuff. I mean, we don't need to take it. There's even streets of gold, right? There's jewels, there's crowns, there's mansions. Like, we don't need stuff. It's it's everything we need, and even before we ever need it, is already met, and it's there, and his name's Jesus. But we, at times, get wrapped up in this, and for us, we're only building a building because we're packed, and we we don't want to go to two services, and we want to keep a close-knit community here and, and be one family. But we want to be a place, and there's, there's three things we kind of focus on. We want to be a place that builds altars. We want to build a place that offers incense to the Lord, that, that specifically, a second thing is like building a place to host God's presence, to build altars, to build a place to host His presence, and to build people for the work of their ministries, for their purposes, for their destinies, for these young people to go out and reach people for the kingdom to share the good news right so those are the things so I believe the Lord's been doing this thing of this building process that he's been building more in our ministry and us than he is in a structure do you see what I mean so let's go to Matthew 16 and if you were here last week again it was rocks and altars I don't have dad jokes this week I ran out of time we went to the Great Dark County Fair yesterday. We've had sports going on. We've had a lot of interesting things pop up, and uh, had to fix some stuff at the house. Just some random like time zappers, you know. So I was like, I don't have time for dad jokes. Anybody have a good one? There it is. All right, I'm going to read the—I'm going to be an NLT just, just for the sake of today. Uh, oftentimes, the rest of the scriptures I'll read today are ESV, um, but for this, uh, NLT. And I'm going to read it as a whole, and then we'll go back through and just kind of like dissect each part. And again, read this last week, uh, but want to go into a little deeper on each, each part because I feel it's fitting for this house— and I felt the Lord prompt me a couple weeks ago to now start, start like, it's, it's, we've been trying to build up, like, um, let, me, let me see if I can put words and language to this. I feel it's important to have a healthy culture and unity here and a body of believers that actually love each other, <laughs> like a healthy family that we want to bring, like, extended family and non-family into that family reunion, you know? Like, you wouldn't bring a friend to a family reunion where it's all going to get all jacked up and weird and, like, like a drunk uncle's going to do something dumb, Right? So, like, we, we want, like, this healthy family. We're like, yeah, come. Like, Jesus is doing stuff here. We love each other. We actually love being around each other. So I feel like, like that's the foundation and culture and, like, like who we want to be because that is the family of heaven. That's the government of heaven is family, right? So, so I believe, like, he's been doing this. But then the Lord pressed on me, and now we got to start building up people, like, like individually, like, like, knowing who and whose you are. So I feel like today's is that, that mix of both of building up the community, the family of God, the bride, right, but also building us up, and I feel this message is, is, is going to do both. So Matthew 16, let's just read through it, I'm only in verses 13 through 19, 13 through 19. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of, God, Son of Man is? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, But who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from human beings. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and on, upon this rock, I will build my what? Church. And all the powers of hell, or the gates of hell, will, shall not prevail or will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Everybody say keys. Keys. Whatever you forbid or bind on earth will be forbidden or bound in heaven. And whatever you loose or permit on earth will be loosed in heaven. All right. So, so let's just go through this just, just a little bit. First off, I want to do a little history lesson of where this takes place. I think it's important to know that oftentimes when Jesus is, is telling stories, who the audience is or where he's at, or sometimes the underlying um, knowledge of the history or why or where, okay? So this is an area called Caesarea Philippi, and it, it's actually um, north of Galilee and Mount Hermon, Okay. And we're going to get there in a minute because how many remember Andrew Harmon a couple of weeks ago talking about Mount Hermon and Mount Zion and the dew? So, so we're going to get there. But this is the north region, that very north part, all right? This is an area of, like, cliffs, rocks, and there was a lot of weird stuff going on at this time. At the moment this is going on, there's these group of people or, or these, this false religion happening worshiping this god named Pan, all right and this is the God they were worshiping who's a God of fear of infertility and there was a lot of perversion going on including relations with animals and all of this crazy stuff so that's kind of the context where Jesus is coming to Peter and he's having this conversation like what's going on here who do people say that I am and then we get into this context of 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 like where what's going to happen and how we're going to build this church and and first off there's this thing of, of fear all right so there's no fear in love because perfect love casts out what fear so jesus he's like he's taking this realm where they're worshiping this god of fear and infertility and and he's he's changing the script here he's changing what's happening and and he's saying and by the way peter this is going to unlock heaven because i'm about to give you the keys so so there's this thing of for god doesn't give us a spirit of fear but what Three manifestations, right, that, that Kendall spoke about. So fear restricts us of what we're capable to do and God has called us to do. There's this fear. There's this, there's this paralyzing thing called fear. But God is the God of peace. God is the God of joy. God is the God of purpose. He doesn't give us fear. He gives us power, love, and a sound mind, wisdom, and revelation to understand. So, so then we get because Jesus came to set captives free. So we get to this place, and here's what I believe he's saying. Jesus is saying, like, on this rock, right here, Peter, we're going to build the church. Right here in this darkness, right here where all this perversion is happening, right here where there's all this fear and all these things and these false gods being worshipped, right here in the midst of all this sin, yep, this is the perfect place. We're building our church right here. It's, it's in this region. It's, it's right here, but it's also on this rock. And we're going to get into that here in a second. But it's, it's right here, because this is the perfect place, Peter, to build a church. You don't take a shower when you're clean. You take a shower when you're dirty. The best place for a person in sin or in darkness or, or, or in anything that's not of God is, is to be in a church, I hope. Because if Jesus is there, there should be transformation there. If his presence is there, there should be transformation in his very presence, in the very atmosphere that's cultivated in incense and worship here. People should be walking in these doors, and the moment they even drive in the parking lot, feel the presence of God and feel different about this place. It's not Cracker Barrel. (laughs) I don't need to wait for my meal to judge it. No, I feel something here because God's here. I feel freedom here. I feel, I see flags going. I know there's freedom here. I hear expressions of worship. I hear, I hear spiritual signs and wonders and giftings happening. I see the prophetic connection. I see people praying for each other because the presence of God is here and his spirit dwells here and his spirit's in us to activate. So all of a sudden we get in that place because the best place for a church is Darkness. I think sometimes we're for, oh, we we don't, we don't, no, we have a business in Tip City called a coffee shop because we want people to feel the love of Jesus through a cup of coffee as well. We want to be right in the middle of the darkness because I don't know about you, there's this news. I I saw it, I saw it on Instagram, light wins. I was scrolling my reels and it said Jesus wins. I was just messing with you. I I didn't really see that. I probably did, but because once or twice a day, I do get lost in reels. Usually on the toilet. <laughs> but I think sometimes we're so afraid of darkness. We're so afraid of the icky or the sinners or, or the people we don't agree with. I don't know about you, but my Bible says that he has made a table. He has prepared a table before us in the presence of our what? Amen. Enemies. Because with Jesus in us, we win. We don't have to fear darkness. We don't have to fear sin when we're delivered by the king. When his blood covers us, it wins. I saw Peter Lewis put something out a little while ago. He's a friend of the house and Braveheart Ministries. A lot of you are connected to that. And, and I just, I remember he's like, when you think you're having a bad day or things aren't going right, just remember the blood covered you. I was like, oh my gosh. That alone is enough for me to have an amazing day. His blood alone is enough to meet every one of my needs. Let's let's move on. So we we get down to verse 16. It says, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And and I love how he says, you did not learn this from human being. I love it in the Bible. There's a context where he's looking at too. He's like, he says, they weren't educated men, but they had been with Jesus. You know, we believe in education here. We believe in higher education, and uh, we believe in seminary and and all that stuff to better ourselves and grow and to to grow closer to the Lord and learn and learn the history and the things, and we have some theologians here and scholars here, but there is also the side of we can know all that, but if we don't experience it and know him, then what is it worth? The education, the knowledge, the word backs up who he is. So it's this thing to where we can know the, the word of God, but if we don't know the God of the word, there's really no point it's, it's to know both. It's to it's to know him It's to be with him. It's to it's 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 when moses would would encounter him His face would be so bright. He had to cover it up. Joshua's was praying in the huddle this morning Thank god. We don't have to cover our face anymore. Thank god. The veil was torn Thank god. We have an all-access pass to go to the holy of holies anytime we want we don't have to go through a high priest there doesn't have to be an invitation the invitation was the cross on Calvary and his blood paid for it and the veil was torn heaven to earth so we can have an all access pass there's your invitation it was over 2,000 years ago and it's amazing so we, we get to here and he's like but you didn't learn that through human being and then he says this now I say to you that you Peter which means rock on this rock will build our church now, now there's, some, there's some conflict here now, he's saying this, and there's this, there's this space because I think what he's saying is, Peter, we're about to build something, but it's going to be different. We're about to build something, and me and you together and, and in this place, we're going to build something, and it's going to bring heaven. It's going to be like heaven. It's going to be like, like no other because I am the rock. It's going to have unity. It's going to have this thing. And again, that area was, was around Mount Hermon. Now, uh, let's go to Psalm 133 here, just as a little diversion. I want to bring, bring note to what Andrew Harmon spoke a couple weeks ago. He closed out service uh, one of these weeks, and, and he brought up Psalm 133, and he brought it up in the relationship of the power and the necessity of unity. And Mount Zion doesn't ask for due from Hermon, but there's this harmony. There's this thing that works, right? There's this thing where, where he said he went to Israel, and he, and he went there with his daughter and visited. And they got to walk the places of Jesus. And he, he tells this story about a harp just plays in the open air where the, where the ark was. There, there's all these things, right? So, so here's the Ark of the Covenant. So there's this place, right? And it's this place of unity. It's this place where everything works together. So as we tie all of this in, all the way from, from Corey's message to we need you to get your house in order to we want you to the three generations and the old and the new merging to become one in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? Becoming one, honoring and reflecting one another. The Bible says that in his image, he created us. That's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, created us in his image let us make man in our image so genesis let us the three were one coming together to create us in his image so there's this harmony this thing coming together and I, i i can't stress enough the power of unity in this house the power of unity in the kingdom the power of unity between this church and and first baptist church of one of my best friends in troy I can't tell you the power of that unity where we're not looking down on one another, where we're not looking down on other believers because they may believe just a little different. Listen, if they're believing the Bible, the truth, Christ crucified, resurrected for us and returning, like, we're good. We'll see each other in heaven. It's not much bigger than that. I think sometimes we start to stumble. Well, they don't operate in the fullness of the gifts. Well, fine, they're, they're missing out, but God God be the glory. See them in heaven doesn't mean they're going to hell well they don't believe in prophecy o- okay a lot of people don't jesus loves them anyway but to sing that sometimes these become measuring tools in this measuring stick and this yardstick that god never gave us to compare ourselves to other believers other denominations other churches when we're supposed to be the unified body of christ called his bride i didn't marry an ugly bride I married a hottie with a body. As Nick says, a stay-at-home supermodel. Not about my wife, about his wife. We're cousins, that would be weird. But anyway, like, I married a beautiful bride. And when, I, when, that, when the doors opened or when I, when I looked and finally saw her in her white dress coming down that aisle, I wasn't like, oh, that's an ugly, dysfunctional, divided bride. Same as much as God doesn't want to marry an ugly bride. He's a groom waiting to return to this beautiful, bodacious, plump bride. And this body, in the body of Christ, should be making heaven crowded and that bride bigger. He wants a plump bride. I don't know how else to say it. It's a beautiful bride, full of unity. So we get to Psalms 133 here. It says, when bro- it's called, the title in, in my Bible says, When Brothers Dwell in Unity. And again, uh, Andrew referenced this. Behold, how good and pleasant is it when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down of the, beard in the, uh, on, the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing life forevermore. How powerful that is, that they're working together, and the herman and the dew, and all of this stuff, and how Andrew brought light to this, how it is for brothers and sisters and a family to dwell among one another in unity. And I see that in this, in this place of Caesarea Philippi, this place of division, this place of, of, of worshiping this crazy God, right? This false God. And he's saying, nope, here, this is Peter. We're about to do something and it's gonna unlock heaven. There's gonna be unity. There's gonna be signs and wonders. The spirit's gonna pour out. Oh, you just wait, Peter. It's gonna be awesome because I'm not a God of fear. I'm a God of peace. I'm a God of bringing people together because no weapon formed against you will prosper. Because we're about to plant something right in the middle of this mess And it's going to be amazing And Jesus is going to be glorified So rock he says on this rock Peter means rock Now now here's, here's where we get a little bit of actually um, Argument A little divide from the theologians Here's the best way I can summarize it Two contexts of rock here One is Petros Which is plural for rocks And one is Petra meaning one rock now, he kind of used it interchangeably. There's some argument of what context that was and, and where it was in the Greek. And now, here's the thing. I believe when he's saying, Peter, you're one of many rocks that we're building this church with, but it's built on me, the rock. Yes. The, does that make sense? Now, let me give you an illustration to kind of paint this picture. Kenny has a concrete company. Kenny, what goes under the concrete? The what is it made of? Gravel. Gravel. So So, you, you form. You put these forms. You know, Zach has lots of experience in this. He used to drive a concrete truck. So so you put this, this base in, you get everything ready, you prep the ground, you get the ground ready. You put this base in which is gravel or lots of little rocks, if you don't know gravel is this, this gravel in, and then all of a sudden on top of that then you pour the concrete across. So so a concrete, well if you don't put that base down, what happens to the concrete, Kenny? It cracks, it's not solid you need each other for the kingdom to advance it says that the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing and forceful what men lay hold of it the kingdom to advance can only advance through by for god all right it says paul and Silas talking about watering one 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 planted the seed one water but who grows it god so so we prep the ground we do what we can we put the base down which is which is us we're like little gravel, and then all of a sudden his presence comes, pours out, and that is the literal rock of which we build the foundation on. Now here's a cool thing about concrete. Do you know it takes years to cure? You can drive on it in the next couple days, right? But do you know for years, there's still a chemical reaction happening where it's curing and it's hardening for years and years and years? Isn't that right, Kenny? I'm not lying. I believe that's so fitting for us, God. And then what it does is, and then if you ever pick up that concrete, what's stuck at the bottom, Kenny? Gravel. Gravel. And now it's inseparable. I'm telling you, this is, this is like children's illustration here. School's starting this week. I'm going in the mode. This whole thing could preach. Preach. We are the church that God pours out on to build his church on, but he alone is the foundation and the very substance that connects us all for the building of his glory. And it's a process that might take years and years and years because every day we're being perfected in his image and being more like him, right? I don't know about you, but I'm not where I was, but I'm not where I'm supposed to be yet because I'm still in process. Or let's word it like this for now, I'm still curing. I'm still curing, I'm still being better Because I'm not I've not arrived, I never want to come To that arrogant place again I was there, resting on a gift Becoming spiritually arrogant, dependent on myself And then life crashed And all of my concrete Started busting up and cracking And having issues Because my base wasn't strong enough Now it's like, okay Lord, I need you I need you in this area of my life I need you and trust you with my kids I need you and I need to trust you In, in this, this building project I need you for this message today I don't want to do it I don't want it to be on my mind Let, let me move on The church, we get to the, to the word the church And like I said last week That's ecclesia. He's building this church A gathering place it's, ecclesia is, is, is a people gathering It's a gathering of people it's, it's, it's broader, and at times it was sometimes interchangeable as the political powers, the influencers, the people that gathered to, to, to not just meet, to glorify Jesus, but also actually influence culture. And it was this thing that we would, they would gather around his presidency. The ecclesia is bigger than just a Sunday morning thing. The ecclesia is a group of people that love one another, that encourage one another, that, that champion one another, that don't stumble over each other's faults, but celebrate who, who one another are. And when one messes up, you don't just throw that concrete out. You're like, "See ya." Yeah. No, you patch it. You, you 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 squeeze a little putty in it. Whatever. You you, you caulk it and you you make it better. You know. You you you, you, you <laughs> starting to stutter there a little bit. Getting excited. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying. Moses had a stuttering problem if you didn't know that. You think he's choosing the most likely, guys? He's not. He's choosing the least likely. I don't belong up here. But God. Think about that. Moses had a stuttering problem, and he was a spokesperson for heaven. He was the man Jesus picked, God picked. For that time He's not picking heroes, he's picking zeros I get moved Because I don't deserve this I don't deserve this life I don't deserve Jesus, we don't Let me me just digress here a little bit But in his infinite love Wisdom, grace, and mercy He gave himself to us for us, paid himself ransom for us. I'm not the most eloquent with my words. I don't know as much in here as many of you about the word, but I said yes. <laughs> Why did I say yes? <laughs> we said yes. So, I don't know what God's calling you to, and you might feel not the most qualified you may not feel like you're the best fit for that job or that calling or that ministry or that missions trip or or whatever it might be but let me just tell you what if god gives you a yes he's going to provide the provision the resources the grace the mercy the way that's what we've been saying about the building project i know we reference it we joke around about it like we the bids came in four hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars higher than we expected that's a lot of money for us it's basically like our annual budget. <laughs> so, so, but we keep laughing about it because what is that to God? It's nothing. It's nothing. I want you to look at your mountains, and I want you to look at your trials, and I want you to look at your situations, and I want you to laugh at them like we're laughing at a half million dollars. Because when God's in it, there is no obstacle that he can't overcome. We might have to walk through it. We may have to scale that mountain. We may have to divert a little bit. or, or it's, it's never just a steady thing, guys. <laughs> All right, let me, let me move on to close this out. It says, I will build my church, and, and the powers of hell, or, or I like the version, it says, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The gates of hell. Now, listen, that actually translates to death. Death cannot hold us back. Death cannot hold the church of God back. Death cannot hold the blood of Jesus back. It didn't hold him back in the tomb because he's alive. Death could not come against the keys that are unlocking heaven. That's why I like the word gates. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Why? Because God's giving you the keys to unlock the gates because we're going on the other side of the gates anyway. Think about that. God is giving you the keys to the gates, the keys to heaven to, to bash through, to cross over, to, to not make any gate matter. Because there's no lock that, can't, that can deter God. Death, death, where's your sting? John 10.10 says this. It's, one, it's probably one of my most quoted verses. I, I just love this verse. The depth of it. For the thief or enemy comes to steal, kill, and what? Destroy. Destroy. But Jesus came to give what? Life and more abundant life, life more abundantly. Think about that. There, there's your theology. There's an enemy trying to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus, the superpower, all you superhero fans, and I, I don't even, I don't get into that. I can't, I can't do it. I, a little bit. If it's real people, I can. If it starts involving weird creatures like Star Wars and Star I can't do it. But the superpower came to give life and not just life on earth not just heavenly life like a ticket to heaven but life more abundantly a heavenly life a life like heaven on earth a full life a full life full of purpose full of goodness full of him full of power full of love full of mercy full of grace full of healing full of spiritual gifts and manifestation right the fullness of the spirit that's that's he came to give that to us so then he gives us this authority keys to the kingdom. Luke 9, 1 through 2 says this, and he called the 12 together, and he gave them power and authority over all demons, and to cure disease, and sent them out to proclaim what? The kingdom of God, and to heal. So so here's Jesus, and he's sending out the disciples. The disciples recommend, reflect, or, or actually like, um, represent us the the disciples i I, we're not cessationists we don't believe that when they left the earth or jesus left the earth that that everything stopped because he is the same yesterday today and what forever Forever. so so they represent us so here jesus is giving all authority the the power with him that the same spirit that raised jesus from the dead lives in us The same Jesus that cast out demons through through, through them, the same Spirit that healed the sick and, and all this stuff, lives in us. So here in Luke 9, and now through this context, the keys of the kingdom are authority because Christ, Holy Spirit, lives in us. So then we get this power to bind and loose. I'm about to unlock heaven for you of the power that lives inside of you. You have the authority to rebuke anything coming against you, anything coming against God's plan for your life, your kid's life, your grandkids' life, addiction or whatever it might be. Let me just say this. You have the biblical, God-given, Holy Spirit-derived right to bind any attack or any, any, any weak little attempt from the enemy. That's the key of heaven. The keys to the kingdom are that you have this authority given to you, the Holy Spirit, to bind and loose, unleash heaven okay so let me let me just reword some of this to, to bind is to cancel it's to it's to remove it's it's to change right that's the the bind to loose is unlock unleash un, to reveal to to absolutely flood whatever's going on with heaven with God his spirit every nature that he is so if disease is trying to attack your body, we get to bind that disease and loose healing from heaven, from Christ's blood that paid for that price, into that situation. If it's finances, if it's marriage, whatever, we have the right through the Holy Spirit, through God, to bind and loose. Yeah. Amen. So, I'm, in, I'm closing now. The band can come. <laughs> so we, we get this context of Scripture, not just for the church and the body... But for the believers, saying this this is the place, Caesarea Philippi, this, this weird place, we're going to build a church on this rock, Jesus with his people, the ecclesia, and we're going to unlock heaven through these keys and no gates of hell, nothing that the enemy has, no tactic, no no darkness, no sin can prevail against it because you have the authority of the Holy Spirit in you, residing in you. You're now one in that concrete mixture to bind any of the enemy's tactics and loose all of God's power, his blood, and all of heaven. I love it. How many are with me? I think it's time we stop walking around afraid. God is not afraid of the school your kids are going to. God is not afraid of darkness. God is not afraid of our politics. God is not afraid of the state of our nation. I'm not saying he's pleased with some things. I'm not saying he's not probably sitting up in heaven like, what in the world now? I created you male and female, female and male. I created you. What? I'm not saying he's not probably heartbroken and a little frustrated and like, what's going on? But don't think for a second that the God of the universe who created it all, is in it all and lives in us, isn't working something to his good for his glory. And like Nicole, we don't have to hold on to that anger, that bitterness, that fear. Oh, I don't know what the world's coming to. Look at our culture. We get to let go and be like, God, how are you going to figure this out? This is going to be pretty amazing. Amen. We're going to get to sit back like a fireworks show on the 4th of July and just watch it happen. Let's go, Lord. Now, there is a time where we put our hand to the plow, and there's a time where we, where we help water, right? Then there's a time where we just sit back and we rest and receive, and we know that God's bringing the growth. So I'm not saying... That we never have a role in that. You, you should have voted for issue one. I hope you all did. You should have voted for the last president. I hope you did. I'm not going down some of those trails like I once did. But we have roles. You have a purpose. Corey said, we need you. But God, this verse in the Bible says, be still and know he's God. The translation of that comes back actually to... Rest, receive, be a recipient of his grace and know that he's in control and trust him. That's kind of a bigger context. It's rest, receive. It's a recipient kind kind of passage. There's a time to fight. There's a time for war. In the waltz, there's a time to lean forward and there's a time to lean back. If we're always leaning back, God is calling us to lean forward sometimes, but if we're always leaning forward, we're always the lion How do we see the lamb portrayed If we're always the lamb How do we see the lion portrayed, right So there's a lot of different language with that Knowing when to lean forward Knowing when to lean back But man, the power to bind and loose The Lord just unlocked the kingdom of heaven to you In every situation you'll ever face For you, your spouse, your kids Your grandkids, your future spouse Like, like If you desire a spouse Bind singleness Loose heaven. If, if you, if, if, I mean, like, now I'm not saying it's going to poof, it's right here today. Maybe he's right around you. Maybe he or she's not. I, I don't know. But I'm saying we have that authority. And now, then, once we do that, we rest and we receive and we trust. And that's when the pressing and the process start to be trying for his ultimate promise. Now, here's what I want to do um, I felt led to have you meet up and pray for one another. We love sometimes breaking out into small groups here because we fully believe that the same Christ, the same spirit that lives in me lives in you. The great commission, the end of many of the gospels, lay hands on the sick, they will recover, right? Go baptize people in his name and it's commissioning you. It says let the believers, so it's commissioning you to be that and and I think sometimes the churches when we just preach at you, we pray for you. Only we can lay hands on you. We're not empowering you to actually exercise the gift of the spirits that are inside you and the Holy Spirit himself. So what we love to do is we love to break out. And we love for you to create that community and that sense and that space of freedom as well as safety and then pray for one another. So so I know there's, there's tons of things. And I know... Um, There's a battle going on, and I know many of us face different things, uh, including fertility things, and those are hard. The two hardest things, um, Nicole and I, we were youth pastors seven years, I think, and now we've been the senior pastors over 12. By far, the two hardest things I've helped people navigate through and hardships is infertility, desiring children when they can't have them or aren't, it's not yet happening, yet happening, and singleness. Those are two things that for me are the hardest. I can help somebody navigate through a tragic death. I can help them navigate, you know, God being that comfort, peace, joy. But there's something about those two things that there's constant reminders of letdowns. There's constant reminders of, of that longing and not being fulfilled, you know? And I can say all the right things, but it doesn't sometimes reach the heart. Well, let God be your companion. He'll meet every one of your needs. But I'm not going home alone at night. Or sleeping in a bed alone, you know. So, I want to be empathetic and compassionate about a couple of these areas. But there's, we're going to put up a slide. I would love for you to get in a group. Now, I want to, I want to create some boundaries here. We say, some, you know, you've heard us saying, what happens here stays here. Like in these small groups, if it's actually going to be relevant and real, then we need that. And Nicole and I, we, we've, we've told people, like, we will take that to our grave. And we mean it when you tell us something or a hardship or a trial that you're going through and it's hard or or you fall into temptation in these areas or you've sinned we don't tell anybody any of that ever that's between you and the lord and we literally at times will not tell each other things because we've promised somebody like i will give you that confidentiality i'll give you that safety and i will take that to my grave there's so much in here that i'm taking to my grave that no one will ever know about first off i never want to sow discord against a brother or a sister that is now freed and redeemed. Or maybe even not, maybe he's still struggling. But the other thing is, we have to create an atmosphere of safety for us to do what the Bible says. It says confess your sins one to another. Now here's what I recommend. I recommend you following that scripture if it's one to another that you trust and that you feel safe and free to man because they have the blood of Jesus and they're never gonna tell anybody else. I don't recommend it if you know that person's gonna blab their mouth and not be trustworthy and now share your business okay we're not into that so in these small groups I I, I recommend go as far as you feel safe and go as far as you feel comfortable but there's a few questions that I want you to process are you struggling with these areas where Caesarea Philippi was pretty prevalent is it are you struggling with any fear any purity issues or impurities maybe sin maybe infertility or maybe any death or illness. And, and that could be kind of metaphorically for what things are going on in your life. I feel death in finances or death in my marriage or, or whatever, the attack of the enemy. And then after you process as small groups, maybe three, four people, what we want you to do is, we want you to then at the end end that by binding whatever the issue is, binding the sin, binding the attack, identifying what's from the enemy and then loosing heaven and God's response to it. Okay, so uh, let's say there's, there's a cancer diagnosis. We bind cancer all the way to where it's attacking, all the way to where it is. We bind lung cancer, we bind whatever causes, maybe it's an emotional thing, and we bind the trauma that created an emotional uh, situation. We bind that trauma, we cancel it, we rebuke the enemy's devour, and we loose heaven. We loose God's love on that. We release and we loose God's healing in that. Okay, that's what we want you to do here. We're going to end service like this. Our prayer teams, we have prayer teams, when they feel a sense of people kind of leaving or ending, they will be up here, and they will be here to pray for anybody. Maybe you don't know Jesus as Messiah. Maybe you don't know him as Savior. Maybe you've not had that revelation that Peter had, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Then they're here, and I want to tell you that he is. That he died for you, he paid a price for you, his blood covers you, and there is a relationship waiting for you that your destination is heaven and your lifestyle gets to be heaven on earth. Alright, so they'll be here to pray for you specifically, but break up a small groups. So I trust this process, I trust God in it, and I trust some vulnerability right now. So bless you guys.